Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast today. My name is Jordan Sekatawa. I am very excited for this one. Uh, what you're about to listen to is a conversation on race, equality, and bias, and how it affects us. In this conversation, I'm going to have three speakers, Amuna Matutu, Anna Colom, and Junior Crispin. I will be your host, Jordan Sekatawa. Don't forget to support the podcast by liking my page and sharing it with all your friends. These conversations are important to have. Enjoy the show. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in and coming out. Um, you know, I know it was kind of like short notice, but this is definitely a topic that I feel like it affects everyone. Um, so this is one that's worth having. Um, just to get started, um, can you guys, in whatever order you want to go, can you guys just introduce yourself a little bit so that people may get to know you better? Whoever wants Ladies to go first. first. Ladies first. <laughs> Hi, um, my name is Anna Kalam, and I uh, live over here in Wakefield, Massachusetts. And um, yeah, really happy to be here tonight. My name is uh, my name is Muna. I'm a uh, I'm a hip hop recording artist from Waltham, Massachusetts. I was born in Zimbabwe, and uh, I'm just here to talk about the the experience of of black people, not only through music, but also culturally through the United States. And thank you, Jordan, for this wonderful opportunity. For sure. Awesome. Hey, my, my name is Junior Crispin. Jordan, thank you for having me here. Um, and I'm here just to kind of have a conversation about definitely what's going on and, you know, my feelings around it. Um, but also just kind of express, you know, what all my brothers and sisters, you know, obviously are experiencing during this time. Um, and not during this time only, but through for the longest, you yeah. Know? So yeah, I'm happy sure. to be here and thank you for having me joining again. Yeah. Okay. So guys, I'm not gonna waste any time. I'm gonna cut to the chest um, right away. It. So let's get to it. What uh, in you guys' own definition? What is race? When someone says race, what does that mean to you? And we can go in any order. I just want to understand what you know. What you guys think race is when someone says race? When I think of race, personally, I think your race, I think race, as, as cliche as this sounds, race is obviously a construct. Um, when I was younger, I, I think race was more prevalent just because I was ignorant to, mm. to people's experiences. But now that I'm older, I've realized, like, there are, like, I have, I have plenty of friends who are Caucasian, who are whatever, and they predominantly choose or have maybe just by the course of life they've had african-american friends their entire life their entire existence and that's just what what they're comfortable with that's the race that they're comfortable with so i think race in my own personal definition it's it's an imaginary blurred line that was created by colonialism okay that's really nice um jr what do you think Yeah, when, so when someone asks me, you know, when, when I think about race, I obviously think about, you know, where I'm from, right? Right. Uh, or my background, in a sense. You know, my nationality, obviously, 
but you know that I, I didn't think about you know race obviously when I was smaller you know race came into mind you know into the topic and as I, as I got older um, obviously what I seen the differences um, or other people in different cultures right mm. um, and obviously in this topic it seems like race uh, you know is, is about you know obviously the color of your skin mm. um, instead of obviously instead of you know where where you actually you know from in a sense right 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 um, yeah that's what I would say okay yeah, and you know, I think there is definitely a difference between race and race and ethnicity. Right. Like I think about like the surveys we take, and that's typically like one or the other. So to me, I look at race as a category. So I need to identify when I do, you know, um, select one. And for me, I identify as white but my ethnicity is Hispanic because that's my origin. Mm, so okay. race is just like, um, just a category. And unfortunately you need to make identifiers. Um, right. and so that's how I choose to identify. So that's actually, I, I feel, I feel the same way. Um, I feel like race, like Mona said, I feel like race is just something that was put in place to have identifiers, to just be able to identify people in a certain way. Because, you know, because when it comes to color, um, the reason why, and this is my opinion, obviously, the reason why, uh, for me, it's hard to put race and color together, um, especially when it comes to dark-skinned people, you know, because there's so many, you know, like, they, there's dark-skinned people from uh, from the DR, from DR, from Dominican Republic, there's dark-skinned people in Haiti, um, there's dark-skinned people, obviously, from Africa. So, like, you know, that's why I'm, I'm kind of, like, even the word, um, even just the word black, I'm like, because, you know, one thing that I've shared is I didn't know I was black until I came to this country. I didn't even know that black is a thing. I, I, I was in Uganda and I knew that there were, you know, people of a different skin, but I just never knew those people are white people and I'm a black person until I came into this country. And I, I basically inherited everything that comes with the word being black. So yes, I just, uh, you know, I just want to hear what you guys feel about your race and what they've said you should be. Because it's not something that you choose. Like, I didn't choose to be, I wasn't given an option when I came into this country. I was just handed, because of the color of my skin, that would be the same story for someone from Haiti, someone, anybody with my tone of skin. What do you guys think comes along with your race? One that, that's been assigned to you. Right, so, yeah, go ahead, Anne. Yeah, no, I mean, unfortunately, we hear quite a bit of white privilege, and it's it's a really hard thing to hear and observe and also, like, define, because, like, in my spirit, I don't have a color or a race, but this just happens to be the vessel that I've been born into in a family and in a community of... Um, Caucasian people, right? So it's really a tricky thing that it's um, that we do need to to have an identifier and, and to classify this idea of me being white privileged and you being black, but from Africa. It's it's really a tricky thing. Mm -hmm. Well, what are you thinking? Uh, so, so for me, right, it's very interesting because 
I grew up in Waltham, and Jordan, Jordan, you know this. Oh, yeah. We, we, Waltham, and Waltham is a very diverse, very mixed type of, type of community, or like utopia, if you will. You have, you have the wealthy Italians, the wealthy people, then you also have the, the Africans, the Ugandans, you have the Guatemalans. It's a different culture clash. So I think for me, growing up in elementary school, it was kind of like an unwritten rule that we just live here. We in Waltham, we live here. You're from Waltham. We're, it's happy to have you. However, if I may say this, and I, I said this actually, I said this actually on a, on, a, on a different podcast that I was on. The first time that I actually felt ashamed of my Africanness, ashamed of my skin, was in high school, but not by white people, but by Cape Verdeans. Mm. I have to say this. I have to be honest with it. And, and right, right, right. I, I mean, not to just stigmatize and say that all Cape Verdeans feel this way, but they, they, they put me through hell in high school. They put me through absolute hell. Like I remember walking in the bat in the in the cafeteria and having Cape Verdeans make monkey noises at me, and I'm looking at them and I'm like, first of all, boss. I've never heard of Cape Verde until now. I've never. <laughs> and number two, now that I actually know about your country, you are one of the African nations. So how are you calling me a monkey when you're when you're an African too? Right, right. But right. see, that's where the construct comes from. That's where the mm. blurred line comes from for me. So race, for my end, I've been I've been discriminated against, obviously, by white people. But the deepest pain is when you feel it from your own kind because right. they're more fair than, or because their hair is a different way. And that's my truth. That's right. honestly my truth. Yeah, I mean, for me, I would say the race conversation for me came, you know, going into high school, I would say. Um, obviously, you know, as a, when I first came here, I was having, like, you know, language barrier. That was the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, coming from the Dominican Republic, um, and, and now growing up here, right? Uh, but then it was just about when I was going into into high school, I had to select which high school I was going to go to, right? Um, you know, and in the land, you know, there's um the, the, the three public schools: is classical right. high school, Lynn English High School, and Lynn Tech. You know, and then just to be fair, how everybody you know categorize those schools. Is that you know if you go to Lentech, that's where all the Hispanics and mostly color people will go to. That's how people described it to me. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to go to Lent Classical, that's where you know the white people will mostly go to. And if you want to go to Lent English High School, there was a mix there as well. I would say. Um, so that's when the conversation came up to, and then that's how I still you know in a sense. I had to go with the one I feel most comfortable with. Right. And I all like I the first school I applied to was Lintech because that's where I can kind of relate, you know, to the people that look like me in a sense. But I didn't get accepted. That's long story short at the time. And I went over to classical where the white people were mostly going to. And then we obviously not gonna talk about private schools because technically it seems like private school was all full of white people of white people most of the time anyways, unless, mm. you know, you had a scholarship or your parents, you know, had enough money to pay for you to go to private school, then you can attend those schools. Um, but it, it was, you know, and also, and it's also, you know, being in a house, you know, of Hispanic, right? 
I feel like, you know, my parents never brought that up neither. So, and there was a time, you know, that I did, that we would have conversations about, you know, because the people that I hanged out with when I was young is there was mostly colored people, you know, it was people that looked like me, people that looked that were darker than me. I never really hanged out with, you know, with white people. So I never, I, I never felt like I was being, you know, like I was being attacked until I, I, I definitely felt, I, I felt like attacked when I was going into high school because you will feel like there was like separate, there was like segregation and there was right, separate, right, right. that you will see different groups. Yeah. Yes. Different groups over there. Um, so I feel like that's where the come definitely the conversation of race, you know, came came on to. Okay. Um. So what what I want to say, guys, is um like Mona said, um, w one time I posted something on Facebook that got me in some you know a little bit of trouble. Um. But basically, what I said is, you know, the the issue of race is not easy. You know, cause obviously the times that we're going in with the racism, um, it's not a new thing, and you know, like people try to break it down in one tweet. You know, someone thinks they're just going to create a tweet and then just solve the racism problem, which I feel like I know for sure it's a little bit more complicated. So, Muna, I kind of relate to your story because for me, the first time someone told me go back to your country, it wasn't a white person. It was an, it was, uh, an African-American that told me to go, go back to your country. And I, I obviously, this is, not, this is not like a long time ago. This is last year. Someone told me that. I'm obviously at a point where... I'm like, really? So like when, when people talk about racism, what is racism? And is racism specifically from one race to another? Or can someone be racist in their own race? So what, what do you guys think this, because, you know, we use the word racism, but what do you think racism is? When someone says racism, now we've understood what race is, but what does racism really mean? I just don't, I just don't. You know, I just don't think you like if you're black. You know, you can't be racist to another person who's black. I think it's you know you're being prejudiced in a sense, right? Because mm -hmm. um, you know, to describe the definition of racism in my own words, I would say it's you know, it's like when you're belittling people of certain or or, or a certain type. I was you know, I, how would I explain it? Um, the way I was explaining it to make it as simple as possible is like you belittling people. Um, based on you know the privilege that you have or you know if you have if you feel like you're above someone that's what i was describing you know that you're right. lettering people because you have a certain privilege you know right hey now what how would you describe racism i mean i think racism is is anytime you put categories um like one above another it's it's any form of belittling or discrimination. Um, I mean, I don't want to drop the word, you know, equality, but this idea of at least seeing human worth as equal. Mm -hmm. And the minute you don't see each other as, um, at very least, in self worth, is when you really drop someone someone down into the the racist bucket. Okay. Um, so let me tell you guys what I think, um, the way that I think about racism. And also, just so you guys think about it, my next question is going to be, is racism illegal? Because what I think about racism is the thinking that someone is under you. You know, it's thinking by the mere fact that someone 
is of another specific race is either greater or less. So let me, let me pose this question, why I would say that. <coughs> Excuse me. I think there are people that I know who think white people are better than us. So would that be a racist? Or if someone thinks that because, if I were to say because I am of this race, I am better than everybody of another race. So can racism be plus a negative? If, if you think, if you are somehow convinced everybody that's, you know, everybody from uh, Europe is going to be better than you, would that be racism? Or if everybody that's white is going to be better than you? So what do you guys think, you know, is, is kind of the boundary? Does it have to be of a negative uh, thinking or should, or is it beyond that? If I, if I may, if I may, Shane, yeah. because the question you pose, it's a very excellent question because for me, race, racism is not so much the thought, it's the action. Mm. So mm. for instance, to answer your question, is it illegal? It is truthfully, if we're going to be 100% here, it is not illegal to think you are higher than somebody. Mm. Whatever it is. But it becomes illegal when you turn that thought into a systematic action. Let's say, for instance, Jordan, let's say, for instance, right, we are, we are, we are sitting, we're sitting at a table, you and I. And Anna comes by, and Anna is starving. She's hungry. Right. We can see on her face, she wants something to eat. Now, at our table, we have so much food. Right? Right. We have so much food. It's not illegal for us to say, ah, I mean, we got all this food, and she doesn't have anything. It's not illegal. Where it becomes illegal, is, and, and it, I, I, used, I used you just as an example, Anna, just as mm. an example, but it becomes illegal when we say, you know what? <clears throat> Let her starve. We're going to eat regardless. And the reason why we're going to eat is because we mm. are better than she is. We are better than everyone who looks like her. We are better than everyone who sounds like her. And most of all, we are better because we have food and she doesn't. Mm. That's when it becomes mm. illegal. Mm. For my, at least okay. as far as race. I, I t totally, totally agree with you. JR, what do you think? Can you repeat the question for me again? Sorry. Um, so basically the question is, so what, it's, it's, it's a kind of two-part question. So one part is, if someone thinks, so is racism illegal? Is the thought of thinking that you're better than another? Uh, what Muna just said is, the thought is really a thought, but it becomes illegal when you act upon it. So what do you think? What do you think racism is? And do you think it's illegal? Um... I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's obviously hurting people, right? So, right, right. Yeah, right, it's freaking illegal. But, um, you know, regarding, you know, having that thought, you know, of you feel more, you feel like more empowered to to be on top of someone because of certain, of, of, your, of, your, of your certain status or, or whatever you have. I just feel like, you know, it's wrong. Um, like, I just, it's not about, you know, competition in the sense of you, you, you you feel like you know you you're like like you like you explain like this, how how would I say it? like like I don't think about a competition like I like oh 
it's like me feeling like I'm on top, you know, I, I, like I can be better than you in a sense and something. It's just more about, it's about being fair in a sense, you know? Mm. It's like when I, when I think about racism in a sense, it's like my, my brother, for example, he's darker than me, you know? And for him to, you know, obviously leave the house and have to worry about Not you know, not worry about being affected or going out there just because he's he's not light skinned and so he's not you know he he's not white. That's a, that's a tough thing to you know think about. And then when someone says you know uh, you know and I and I know you know I'm kind of digging more into going somewhere else, but if someone says you know all lives matter, but black people you can see black people uh, lives is not being matter at the moment. How 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 does that mean you know, that all lives matter? You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. I understand why people know why people or some people want to bring up the conversation about all lives matter, but on this time right now, this mm-hmm. moment, that's not the that's not the the answer to bring up. Like that's not right, the right, response right. you know to even say at this moment. Right. You know that's what right. I mean? Like it, it's not about all lives matter right now because black people matter. You know, black people's life is is, is not a, it's not important right now. That's what it feels like. You know. So that's kind of the frustrating part, you know, like, you know, it's very simple. I feel like it's very simple to understand, but people are being ignorant and they're being hard-headed in a sense to understand the simple, the simple, like, about just understanding that, you know, if you guys were conscious about what's happening, you know, to people of color, then, you know, then it wouldn't be hard to, you know, it wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be an argument in a sense. Right, like, right, right. I don't understand why it's a, it's a debate. Like it, it's, they make it into a debate when it shouldn't be. You know right. what I mean? I think I, I just need to jump in because as a white person, sometimes it is, it feels better to say all lives matter and not impute the discrimination of black lives matter right so out of like my own insecurity i may say all lives um just as a blanket because i i don't know what it feels like right and in today's in the moment of today it is about black lives matter against police brutality and racism and discrimination okay so Getting back to your question, Jordan, I mean, unfortunately, racism is not illegal. To act on it is. But I also think, are we are we talking, like, legality or are we talking ethics? Um, so, so, what? sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So, what I'm really wanting us to get down to, and, um, you know, this is why I said these are conversations that are hard to have. You know, we rather not be talking about this. We rather be talking about something else. But when we do things like this, people will hear. And, mm-hmm. you know, we are representing a large number of people. So these conversations are, are hard, are, you know, kind of hard to have, but we have to kind of like get down to the meat of it. So, and my questions may be a little bit provoking. Uh, but then again, I want to ask you guys is if racism, as we described it, is the problem let's talk about individuals right i'm gonna give you guys my experience so i i grew up in uganda right and in uganda there is several tribes but their tribes 
that your parents will tell you you cannot marry someone from this <laughs> tribe, right? So there are tribes that people think are superior over another tribe. So now when we look at that, we're not looking at other races. We're not looking at white people. We're looking at African people in one country. We still have uh, discrimination. So this is why I, you know, the reason why I posed the question earlier, I am not worried so much about racism. I am worried about discrimination. And the, for me, the difference is racism is just I'm black. You're white. Discrimination is I'm black. I'm a man. I'm a young man. I'm dark skinned because there's black and, and being dark skinned and light skinned. You know, discrimination is I live in this part of town. I make this amount of money. I wear like I dress up like this because just, you know, part of like why um, you make, you know, part of like why, you know, someone may discriminate you could even be beyond race. You know, could be what's the difference between a black young man that's dressed up in a suit driving a Mercedes Benz and a black young man dressed up in a jumper, driving a Toyota Camry. So what I want, you know, what I want you guys to kind of uh, like talk about is when it comes down to JR, DR, and uh, you've been to Guatemala, you have roots from Guatemala. When it comes down to your specific group of people, is there still discrimination? Because we are at the top right now and we are saying racism, racism, racism. But even in our own, we still have the discrimination, what we've just defined as the racism is just a thinking. That's that's all it is. But when you act upon it, you are discriminating. And I could tell you for sure we have that in our own people. What do you guys think? I mean to touch on Jordan, to touch on what you were saying about tribalism, like tribes like like in Zimbabwe, I think and I think I think this rings true to all African tribes. The difference between discrimination and tribal wars is I feel tribal wars is basically like a game of one-on-one -on -one in basketball. I'm going to play you, you play me, whoever wins gets this territory. After we're done, I'm not going to bother you, I'm not going to terrorize you, you go to your side, I go to my side, game over. Mona, 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 I don't mean to cut you off, but I think you're, I think you're, you're not kind of getting the weight of it. At least okay. where I'm from, right? I know people. Yes. And I'm going to use America as an example. And right. I know that tribalism and racism is not the same. But okay. to the core, yes. to the core of the thinking, it's one person thinking because they're in a group of people, they're greater than another. So it's not, you know, it's not necessarily the same, but I feel like the effect is the same. So why am I cut you off? Sorry. It's, no problem. it's that the, the weight... It's to the point where if you were to marry, if you were to mar marry person from one part of the country, your family will basically de-own you. They will abandon you. They will give up on you. So it's mm -hmm. that serious. So it's it's not even just about territory. It's about thinking that our tribe or someone's tribe is better than another. So my question is, how can we look at the top of the of the world and say we want to be fair? Well, in our own. So I want I want to get your perspective on that, guys. 
So how do you, so you, so yeah, so you're saying how do we create a plan on the top level? Like, so we, so, so everything, so is there, so do you feel like there's, uh, there's discrimination between your own people? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's discrimination regarding, you know, let's say, you know, how much money you got in your pocket, right? Like right. how's your, how's your bank looking? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's one of the, that's a, you know, that's a huge discrimination just because, you know, you don't have, you know, much money, I mean, you know, or you can't. Or you can't, you know, you can't, you know, you can't attend, you know, that school. Well, but that next person next door, you know, can attend that school because they're, let's say, let, let, let their parents pay for it. You know, I, I saw that, you know, I kind of saw, you know, that bullying, the, the whole discrimination in a sense, you know, back home when I lived there, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, my own people type of thing. But regarding, regarding, you know, me seeing, you know, my own people discriminating against myself, um, I guess like me, like I, I never, I don't think I never experienced, well, maybe I wasn't paying attention at the time, you know, because mm. again, this, I, this all came into reality now, like when I, as I grew older, you know what I mean? Um, so this is why, you know, this is all, this is all new to me because now I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it, you know, with my own eyes, um, you know, living in Lynn, let's say living in Lynn, Massachusetts, I went, I went like even going into elementary school and, and middle school, mm. like it was very diverse in a sense, you know? So I didn't feel like I was being discriminated against my own people. And that was my, that's from my opinion. Maybe I didn't see at the time, you know, I, I'm lucky me and I've been so resourceful, mm. you know, with the mm. programs that I've been involved and the right. people that I, I, I involved myself around. Um, but it's now it, like I've seen discrimination in a sense with other people, you know what I mean? Like why, why is that happening to that person? Like, for, you know, they didn't do anything wrong, you know? I so that, the, those are the people that that's the reason why, you know, like I, I want to talk about, I want to understand it better because I've seen it, with other, I've seen it affect other people. And I, and I it's specifically me, but I've seen, you know, I've seen it all around me, I would say. Right, right. Anna, what about you? I mean, just as a white person living in New England, I, I, I mean, I would say someone white in the South is a is a different white person to me right so like when you're talking about uganda and you have your you know two different sides of the country i mean it's the same here i mean if i were to bring a white man from the south home to my family of course all are welcome but if there is naturally an inherent um thought process that this person was raised differently in another part of the United States. And although we may look the same, we sound different. Mm. We have different interests. And I think, I think that's where like the idea of races and the word race and then racism is tricky because I can very easily be categorized as a Yankee, as a white person. Right. And then someone South, um, Wait, maybe I would be a patriot in there. <laughs> um, but either way, it, there, there's a big difference. There's, right. there's even a difference right here in the, the United States. Right. But uh, the question, I think, I think to, to piggyback on what Anna was saying and to piggyback also to what you were saying, bro, the question is who taught us? Who taught us to divide? Who taught us to think I'm better than you? The right. colonialists. The right. colonizers did. They right. the ones who taught it. Like, look at Rwanda, the Hutu and the Tutsi. There was no such thing. There was no such thing as light skin, dark skin, 
in Rwanda mm. until the Belgian came and they they turned it into literally a genocide. Right. So I think the question is who taught us to hate? When we figure out who taught us to hate, we as a as a collective, as human beings, we should say we don't want to be like these right. people, man. We don't be like that, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think that one of the things that obviously we struggle with, you know, it's like I agree. I agree to the statement that, you know, racism is something that's taught. Um, but, you know, for me, this is my personal view. My view is mainly on discrimination, you know, because um, I don't really use the word racism so much. I use the word discrimination just because that I understand better. And that's that's something that I can pin down. You know, that's something that I can definitely pin down. And I've, I've seen, you know, I've seen all my life, um, like I said, I grew up in Uganda, but I grew up in the center of the city. So we were like the privileged ones, right? Um, so when he came, when he came to that part, uh, the, the fact that I was, I I was born in the in the center of Uganda, so I was kind of like the privileged one. And and then pe I saw how people from the north, you guys think I'm dark skinned, but there's people that are darker than me from the north. Um, they didn't get the same kind of treatment that we got, right? Um, so. That kind of like always bothered me, but then when I came into this country, I you know I kind of started feeling it, but not not a lot. So what I kind of like what I want to ask you guys, you know, we have people in here that are watching, and I want to say guys, if you the viewers, if you want to call in, the number uh, is seven eight one two 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 four zero six five. Please call in and you know and give your opinion because this is something that's definitely. No one here is saying, I have understood racism and I know this is what it is. Everybody's just kind of giving their opinion just so we can break it down. Um, I want to ask you guys this question. Where in your lives have you felt like your race was working against you? That question is going to lead, it's, you know, the question about what privilege is coming next, but I want you guys to tell me, when do you think your race has kind of made it harder for you to do things or to move forward? Whoever wants to go. I think, I think, uh, I think, bro, honestly, honestly, man, the early, okay, so for me, High school, right? High school was when race played a key because there were girls in high school that I liked, right? There were girls in high school I liked who told me specifically to my face, I don't date dark skinned guys. Mm. You know? And for me, that was when I learned, okay, so I am inadequate in this department. Uh. I don't meet standard in this department. But as far as like as a as a but that was just, you know, as a as a teenage social issue. Mm. But as far as economic and all that type of issue, man, I, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's biracial. She's been discriminated against by her own kind, you know, by, by us, by us as black people. Well, you're not black enough. What do you mean? What are you talking about black women? This black, you're not black enough. But her parents are Caribbean. Mm. Her mom, mm. her dad is Caribbean. Her mother is Italian and Irish. So therefore, she, she has the best of both worlds, if you will. But as far as me, bro... The biggest hurt, I mean, from white people, you kind of expect it, you know, because we've, we've dealt with it our whole life. But the biggest hurt for me, Jordan, was from all, my own people. My own yeah, kind. yeah. You know? 
Anna, is there any time? Because the, the the next question is for you. But is there any time you feel like your race has worked against you, in a way? I I really don't think I can answer that. Um, I I I mean I think as a woman I have felt yeah. that I've you know been um, passed over. Right. or promotions have been handed out to to men over myself but as um a white person i unfortunately yeah. so that's i mean that's that's kind of why you know why i said what i said is so like you know it's for you you may not have that experience and whether and i think and i also think you are not more um trained to see it you know like Because obviously, obviously, when you go through life, you, maybe someone, maybe someone at some point, you know, was like, I really don't want to work with this lady. But you were not trained to see it. While, you know, us, black people, uh, dark-skinned people, we are trained to pick it up. We are trained to, um, to kind of like be aware, you know, of, yeah. of kind of this problem. Because when, when you have people around you, they... They make sure they educate you on how big of a problem it is. Um, so, so you may not have seen it. And that, the reason why I really focus on myself not to discriminate. So like you said, for you, the problem is not whether you're white or black or Hispanic. The problem is when I'm a woman. So that's your challenge where I, it may not be a problem. You know, For example, women have a lot of places they aren't able to go you know because they just won't, won't feel safe where as a guy you don't even think about it you know you want to yeah. go you want to go to 7-11 at 2 a.m you just wake up and get in the car where mm. as a woman you know you don't do that so same with race as a white woman you don't think oh i'm not gonna get hired because i'm black you know and i and i think it might be a problem um jerry what's your take on that i mean i feel like i would Like, I would disagree with you on, on what you said that we would, like, you know, it, it feels like, you know, us people of color have been trained to look for, you know, for um, when we haven't been treated, you know, equally or, you know, or, or not fairly in a sense. Because, again, it, typically when you're small, when you're, you know, when you, as a child, like, there was not something that, you know, my parents or, um, you know, mentors or, or, or whoever, you know, told me about, hey, you know, Make sure you pay attention. You see, if they if those people uh, treat you unfairly. Mm -hmm. Like it was about someone was able to catch it, or and they explained to me like, hey, like that that was that wasn't okay, you know. Um, as I grew older, obviously with all these videos and 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 all the stuff that go on social media, like you can tell when something you know is is right or wrong. It's about like like people forget about morals. You know what I mean in, in a sense. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like if I was my parents or mm. you know taught me you know oh, hey look if this has happened you know this is that, that's yeah. racist you yeah. know what i mean like well, you can tell when something's wrong when something's not fair so that's when it comes to you know eventually as you grow older you know and if you're if you're you know a, a good person in a sense because you know if it, i feel like I'm, i'm like i feel like i'm a good person you know what i mean like I feel like people who know they're bad people, you know, they obviously ignorant or they might they need to go check themselves themselves out, in a sense because. <laughs> yeah. So, Jared, what I what I meant to say, and and I 
from hearing you, I, I, I hear that that's not your experience. But for me, and maybe Muna, just maybe this is your experience. So for me, yeah. any time that I wanted to, there's, I got to a point where people in my community were saying that's, you know, you want to go hiking? That's why people do that. You know, you yeah. want to go skiing? Why people do that? Um, or I want to, you know, anything out of what we used to do, it's always it's always labeled and maybe that's not your experience but for me okay. that was to a point where i know a guy i was trying to i was looking for a job and a guy literally told me bro they're not gonna hire you they don't hire black people and that's not the first time that i heard that so it's obviously i wasn't born here but when i got into this country i heard it so many times i almost believed it i almost started to believe that being black is a disadvantage and and media okay. media does a wonderful job guys and this i'm gonna get to media but let me just rant for one minute media does a wonderful job on making us feel like less done and i'm like i was so scared when i started to realize this it's media so ready to publish any article of a black man doing anything and mm-hmm. go on and look and try to look like any good thing that a black person has done it's never uh, LeBron James got so much negative energy from opening a school. And I was shocked. I was scared. I was like, this is a school that's going to help people. What's the negative in this? And, and media kept it so... They literally try to like push it under the table. Like, this is an everyday thing people do. But one black person... One black person does one wrong thing. And... There's funding for this one article. So I, that's what I kind of, you know, that's what I kind of like wanted to say with that. Um, but anyways, I, Muna. Anna, can I ask you a question, Anna? Sorry to cut you off, Jordan, bro. No, no. Um, you, are you half Hispanic or are you just full Caucasian? Uh, yeah, so my dad is from Guatemala and El Salvador. And okay. my mom is Italian and Polish and I was raised here. Okay, so, so is there... And, and that it's, it's just a, if you don't want to answer that's totally fine but like do you feel that you've it's been more convenient for you to label yourself as a white woman compared to as a Guatemalan Latina you know what I'm saying it, do you feel like it's more convenient for you or do you feel like that's just how you was brought up yeah I mean that's a great question and it really does come back to how I was how I was raised um going back to like race versus ethnicity yes um i i check white and my ethnicity is hispanic um i don't speak fluent spanish so i feel like it does put me more into um you know that more of a white category i suppose more caucasian um but then i also have like my own personal like self-identity crisis that like yes i do resonate so much with my latino side and have you know so much um from them but yet i was raised here and i look this way and i speak this language so it's it's actually a bit of a a challenge for me um, personally, but I, and then I actually don't feel like I leveraged it. In fact, I almost always check off um, Hispanic if I get the opportunity because I I do want to 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 put myself there. That's interesting, Mona. Did you have something to add? Oh no, that that was that was just my oh, question okay. for 
and because I didn't that you know because her last name it, it sounds Hispanic, but I didn't know like I didn't know what it was or if it's by marriage or anything. You know what I mean? Okay, guys, I'm gonna go ahead and read some comments because uh, we have a lot of nice. comments here, um, and you know. It's 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 quite a lot. I'm just I'm thinking which one to pull up. Um, thank you, first of all. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. Didi and George. Um, we have Jamie. We have Keith Thompson. Uh, Mary. Um, so we have a lot of people on here. Um, so Didi said, racism requires power. Uh, right. So okay. Um, I. I'm just trying to find other uh, question. There is colonialism, tribalism, and prejudice with the black community, but they can't be racist. So some people are suggesting that a black person cannot be racist. Yeah, you cannot. You're prejudiced. If you're black and you're being, you know, and you, can, you can't be racist towards another black person. Like, like we, we didn't, like, you didn't have this systematic, you know, system, and, you know, black people didn't have the systematic system in place to belittle people in a sense, you know, right? like, like you can only, you can only like, like, how do I explain it? Like, it's just, I have it in my mind. And it's so tough to explain because it's like, how, like, how can you be racist towards another person of, of, of color? You know, if you're black, like, you know what I mean, you might be, the, you know, in a sense, like, I just, I just, I, I just think, you know, you, you can't be racist towards another person of color of if you're black. Right, right. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe I need to do more research on that part. No, you're right, bro. You're right. Yeah. You're no, right. no, no. I, I totally agree. It just doesn't make sense. So, guys, right. let me let me ask you this, because um, my my take on a lot of things is the ability to be able to listen to other people that 110 percent disagree with us. You know, like Anna brought it up, and when people say Black Lives Matter. And other people say all lives matter. That obviously that's that's uh that's a lot uh, something that a lot of people disagree with because the timing for me it's more of a timing, you know. Because when I say I'm hurting, maybe this is not the time for you to say, "Oh, I'm hurting too," so it's okay. Because because either way, that wouldn't be the timing. But I want you guys to. Also, be able to, which is which is important. You know, it's it's important to understand the structure of where someone's coming. And for me, one of the hardest things that I have to do is to listen to people that I don't agree with. You know, to watch a video knowing that this person, I fall, I listen to them. What they say is I don't I don't agree with it. But what do you guys have to say about Blue Lives Matter? What what's your take on that? <laughs> if, if, if I may, if I may, um, as far as as far as Blue Lives Matter goes, and, I, and excuse me if I get passionate here because this is just something that I've had a conversation with a friend of mine from college. His family is all police officers, and I told him specifically, as a black man, if somebody breaks into my house right now, I'm calling the police. So we all know that your occupation matters. We all know ambulance drivers matter. We all know that firefighters matter, right? But for me, the, 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 the part that grinds my gears is when you see Breonna Taylor. 
She was in her home, in her private apartment with her boyfriend. Police officers walked in and they gunned her down. And it was for no reason at all. They got the wrong person. George Floyd was had a fixation over a blank check. So mm. when people say to me, all lives matter or... And, and trust me, I understand women go through the thing, like, like the feminist movement, all that shit. I get it. I get it. But no one is out there putting their knees to white women or women's necks. I get the pay grade is crazy. Mm, 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 I get that. Mm, 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 mm. But you want to talk about pay grade? Let's go to slavery, okay? That's, that's just my thing. And then when we talk about this, all lives matter. I don't see Chinese people getting brutally maimed on live TV. I don't see um, Italian people being completely disrespected and called monkeys to their face on live TV and their lives completely disregarded. If I can just say this last point, and mm. for those who all lives matter, dogs, pets in America get treated way better than black people do. And I will always believe that. A dog that lives in the beautiful suburbs of Beverly Hills has his own bed, has a, you know, a, a Gucci collar, fur coat, the best, finest steak. That dog gets treated better than, uh, than George Floyd did. So please, miss me with this all lies. Miss me with these other issues. Black people, that's our focus right now. Let's fix that, then we'll take care of everything else. Muna, I, I just want to pose a question to you. So what you said, as, as, mm-hmm. as, as, as a tagged black person, I consider myself African. But because yes. I have the skin, so I'm tagged as a black person. Um, I want what you just said, right? Is a hundred percent true from my perspective. But I, 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 w- I want to, I want to ask you to look into another direction. Right now, right now, the black problem, right? When I when I get pulled over uh, by a police officer, my worry and my problem and my threats are my own, right? So when oh. A lot of white people, when they see what we are going through, they know it's a problem, right? They don't agree with it, but they're like, that's their problem, right? And they're like, if it's a woman that's, you know, that's involved in like Planned Parenthood and the Me Too movement, they say, I am worried about this. So they will fight for other black women. But when they look at the black problem, they're saying that's their problem. You you get what I mean? Because this is this is this is from me trying to understand why people don't care. Why are we even having a discussion? And why do people say all lives matter? They're from what I understand is they're not saying, you know, black lives don't matter, but they're saying we want to fight for whatever we want to fight for in our own time. So this is why I, do you, do you kind of get what I mean? I get that, bro. But at the same time, boss, at the same time, women were given the right to vote first before black people were, mm. period. Black women, you think black women in Selma, Alabama, when a white woman went to go vote, you think she could vote too? So I get this whole issue about that's your problem, right. that's this, that, whatever. But it's it's an American problem. The reason why, to answer your question, it's my opinion, the reason why people don't care is because it's been happening for 400 plus years. Yeah. That been for 400 plus years. It's swept under the rug. You know what I'm saying? Right, when, right. When women, they 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 put their thing together and they beautifully did it. Like uh like um 
I forget her name. Uh, Ruth Bader Gindrich. Ruth ba- uh, R- 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 Ruth RBG, I think that's her name is. Mm. She is a powerful force, a force of nature, a force that has been able to shake the Supreme Court legislature, right? Right. right. Why can't black people just get a law written? You cannot choke us out if you stop us. You can't kill us if you stop us. Why can't we get that legislation? That's all I'm asking, bro. Yeah, so let me, I want to hear from JR. I want to hear from JR, but let me, let me just, one thing, Muna, to think about while JR is speaking and it hurts me so much to see, like, George Floyd. To be honest, I've seen a lot of black people get killed. George Floyd was a little bit too much for me. Um, mm-hmm. This is where it kind of got a little bit too much for me. This is why I was like, you know what? This is something that has to be, you know, talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. But while, while JR is speaking, I want us to think about how we can pin down a murder based on race or a matter based on negligence or a matter based on other factors. So this is, this is kind of my, Jared, go ahead, but this is kind of my problem of pinning it down to race. I'm just going to say, I'm I'm just going to be as simple as possible. Um, If you're saying all lives matter right now, and again, all lives do matter. Like I'm not discrediting that. Like if you're saying right now that all lives matter with all the stuff going on, you really don't care about what's going on. You don't right. care about Agreed. what's happening in the black people. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't understand. Like, bro, it's not that hard. Like, how can all lives matter? Like I said earlier, how can all lives matter when you see black people being killed because of how they look, pretty much? Right, 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 right. Because right. if their color of the skin was not brown, then they probably would have had a higher chance of probably walking out of the situation. Yeah. Or being selected, you know, or being selected, you know, getting the application selected, you know, uh, let's say they apply for a job, you know, like I, I, I seen like, I seen like articles in online I read, like how Pete, just based on the name of the, based on the name that they put on the application, like people might get discredited of that, you know, I guess you got to pull like, hey, my name is John. You know, yeah, in yeah. order to get your application selected, you know, like that that type of thing. Like, so I just, you know, it's not that hard. Like, if you, if if you're saying all lives matter, you're not getting the point. You know, you just, you're just like, please just stop. You know, think about it. Put your like, if, especially even though, let's say if you're white, you know, just please put your privilege aside. You know, just listen, take in, like, let people explain, you know, the pain. You know, you know what I'm saying? Talk about how they feel, and then use your privilege to how those people, you know, project, you know, their pain to us. So those people who do not understand, that hopefully they do, because again, they're never going to understand. That's Let, let me rephrase, they're never going to understand, right. but at least have it better on, at least get the concept of what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Anna, what and do you think? What I mean, I think this is a great conversation because it, I don't know what the right thing to say is. I just I don't. I, th- I think I think uh what's it? I think JR just got off. So I gotta Okay. I just put his name here. I just gotta reorganize things here. Go ahead, Anna. So ahead. I feel like having this conversation and hearing it from you, you know, other people of color saying that this, you know, that I may not be taking it seriously because I'm not using my words correctly. 
is definitely giving me a you know an, an eye opening. I mean, even just texting friends or reaching out to colleagues, I don't know what is the politically correct thing to say because all I want to do is express my love and compassion and concern, and I don't know how to say it right. So if this conversation is giving me the the right to say uh, Black Lives Matter. Then this is what I'm getting out of this, right, because right. It, it doesn't. It's it's not that I don't want to say it. It's not that I don't believe it. It's just that I don't know what is the right or what is the wrong thing to say right now, because right now is where things are so fired up. For sure. You know, so um, it's like educate me. Yeah. So let me let me just touch base on one of the comments that um, Didi just uh, put out. Um, uh, she said, "This is exactly, this is exactly why an African American would tell you to go back to Africa because a lot of African immigrants uh, perpetrate anti-blackness and white supremacy without even knowing it." Very true. So Very true. one thing that I want to say is, when we ask for democracy, when we say we want equality and democracy, is we are allowing people to be who they are. And that's, that's the most twisted reality about governance, you know, between colonialism, dictatorship, and democracy, is when we say democracy, it means someone that doesn't like you can come up to you and say they don't like you, and they, and they walk away free. You know what I mean? You can the sue joy. them. You can, you can do whatever else you want to do beyond that point. But the democracy that we ask for is saying, if I see someone that I don't like, I can speak. And if that person then wants to go ahead and sue me and take me to court, they can then take me to court. But at least the, the freedom to say has been expressed. Does that kind of make sense? Sure. Muna, go ahead. Jordan, sorry. sorry. Uh, my, 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 my boy, Ben, Ben Heinrich. He's from California. He said he's trying to call in, but the number isn't going through. That's what he said. Oh, he really? He just texted me. All right. Okay. No yeah. problem. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll check it out. Um, so while, while I check that out, guys, I want you guys, I want to talk about equality because equality was another part of this conversation. Yes. Um, what do you guys think equality is when we say equality? What is it? I think equality is equality is if if okay if if um let's see if junior and i if junior and i right are, are walking down the street and we see a white jogger and me and junior get out of our cars get out of our trucks and harass this white driver the speed at which the police are coming we just ask that if ever in the event Junior is jogging, or if I am jogging, or you are jogging, uh, uh, Jordan, or, or even if, if Anna is jogging, all we ask is if a white male commits a crime towards us, or if there's an injustice. Okay, let, let, let's forget like like corporate, right? Corporate injustice, because there's, there's hierarchies. There's nothing mm. we can do about hierarchy. But as far as just justice, bro, Emmett Till... Emmett Till's, the, the people who killed Emmett Till, they should have rotted in jail. 
They have lived their lives. Their grandkids have gone on to become clansmen of their own. All we want for equality is if I commit a crime, if you, Jordan, commit a crime, if Jordan commits a crime, all we ask is if we get in trouble, oh, Chad better get in trouble. Kyle better get in trouble. Right. Tyler better get in trouble. Whoever this white dude is who committed this crime towards us or towards people like us, they better get in trouble. Guys, let me try. Let me try to get Ben on the line, cause I know I know you said he called in. So let me try to get him on the line here, real quick. So let's hear what Ben says. Hey, Jordan. hey awesome. Ben, how's it going? You're all in the air. Let's hear oh, your view. Awesome. Can you guys hear um, Ben? Okay. Can't hear Ben. Oh, you can't hear him. Let me, Ben. Just give me two seconds. I can hear you, but um, I don't think the other team can hear you. One second. Let me put you on real quick. Uh, shout out to Ben, man. That's my guy. Hey, <laughs> All right, go ahead. Can you guys hear Ben? Hey. Yep, my coming yeah, through. Yeah. Yep, yep. You are loud and clear. All right. Um. Yeah, I got what what I would probably consider maybe an interesting um position i'm you know i'm I'm white uh i grew up in safe suburbs i moved around my family had money um you know i i don't i wouldn't say that i grew up without problems um i think everybody does and everybody has their own problems but i think it's incredibly difficult for somebody that you know you said um you, you you asked have you ever felt like your race put you at a direct disadvantage i can't i can honestly say no mm. and um that's that's fucked up and all all i know that i can do about that besides listening to the people that i hear talking about this that i feel like are offering you know interesting and new perspectives that 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 have the opportunity to to bring change in the future besides that all i can do is is change change the the media that i'm consuming you know the, the news that i'm reading the people that i'm talking to and just bringing as much diversity as possible, and and in that effort, and and trying to talk about things that I would never have talked about before, because it's just easier to not talk about them for us. Agreed. It's just easier to pretend like it doesn't exist, you know. Mm. And that's not okay. It's not acceptable to stand, mm. you know. Uh, right, you just decided right, to right. get pressure. What's that quote that I was seeing all over? So I went to the protest today, um, and. You know, like Mona said, he's got a friend, his whole family's cop. My brother's a cop. And um, I've known from the get-go, me and my brother don't get along. Mm. Me and my brother have big issues. We don't see eye to eye. Um, okay. And, and it is what it is, is what I've had to say my whole life. I've tried to right. talk to him about this, you know. I've tried to, I've tried to talk about the issues at hand and... Um, I, I had to put myself in his shoes and consume some of his media, that far right fucking, so I'm sorry that I cursed, um, that, that police influenced right wing media. Right. And, and honestly, when I was looking at that, 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 that evoked emotions in me. Um, mm-hmm. And I really mm-hmm. felt like, like there was injustices going towards my brother. And as soon as I, as soon as I felt that at the same time, I was, I was in a short rage. I won't lie. I saw a video, 12 people slamming shit. They fuck 12. I did it again. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so, all right. Um, no, Ben, you're fine. But they, you know, you, you know, jumping on one person 
and and that's just wrong in any situation. And that doesn't mean that does not mean by any by any stance that does not mean say right now blue lives matter. Or say right now all lives matter. Ben, but can I ask you a question? Yeah, I, let me just let me just finish real quick. It just makes me it just makes me wish that the focus it, it makes me wish that the focus was on unity and and on coming together because. Okay. Hello, Jara, can you mute your? Oh. Go ahead, Ben. You got me. Go ahead, Ben. Okay. I I just, I just wish the focus was more on unity, and I wish right. the people weren't so much on Instagram and Twitter and clicking these twenty-second video clips, because this this is a big issue and not from one side. This is an issue from both sides. There's a lot of of clips that provoke a rage that don't tell an entire yeah. story yeah. and the the this tweeting this what is this 160 letters you're allowed to put in a tweet or something how are you supposed to have a coherent conversation mm. forget an argument because for an argument you need to have an end goal in, in sight and right. nobody seems to have okay there, there is end goals in sight and that's what i appreciate and that's what i've been trying to focus on my end goal right now is just been trying to preach to the people i know and the people that i love consume the media from the people that you hate and try and put yourself in their shoes and try and understand it because that's the only way that we're ever going to be able to, mm. to sit down across the table from them or, or have a video chat with them and not hang up halfway through because we hate their gut because they're not getting it. Because as soon as we say they're not getting it, we're not getting it. Right, right, right. And and, and I'm, I'm embarrassed about a lot of what I've said and done in my life and the only thing I can do is moving forward and I'm doing everything I can in that regard. I'm out visit the protest today. I'm filming. I, I, I was so nervous and I'm glad I did. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, no problem. Uh, ben, thank you so much for calling in. Um, Love you, Ben. So, so Ben just hit a lot of good points, guys. Um, and, and Muna, this is what I had said earlier is we can't know that this is a problem and not allow other people to speak you know what i mean is if we sit as a bunch of uh black people and talk about this problem we're not inviting the people that a, a lot of times could be on our side you know what i mean so i think it's important ben thanks so much for calling i think it's important that we have this conversation and uh, we say you know not all white people are against us you know, they are so that we can so that we can understand who the problem is. You know what I mean? So when you when you like I have a lot of like white neighbors around here where I live and I speak to a lot of them and I give them the chance to to see who they are, which I'm just glad being called in. So that's amazing. So what I want to ask you guys, this kind of question going back to equality and guys, feel free to call in if you want um if you want to call in and give your view. So what, Muna, you had explained what you think equality is. JR and Anna, what do you guys think equality is? And do we really want equality? Is that what we want? No. Okay. I mean, I, I want equality in the sense that, yes, the law is applicable to everyone equally, but I also know that my needs are very different than each and every one of you right? and all our listeners. Okay. So, like, I know that the things that I need 
um, as a woman, as a young woman that needs um, Planned Parenthood access to those things and um, maternity leave and and such. And so I don't think I can ask for equality for you guys to have access to those same resources. Yeah. So actually, I was going to call up JR, but it looks like he just signed up. Uh, so Muna, I do agree with you. You know what you said with um, oh JR. Do you want to give us a little bit about uh, equality? What, what do you think about equality? And do you think equality is what we need? Yeah, I mean, when I think about equality in a sense, you know, I just want the same fair chance, you know. Um, let's let's say, you know, if, if I'm going for something, you know what I mean? Not because, you know, I'm Afro-Latino and because the person who I'm going next to is, you know, is why or you know or has a higher rank or whatever i just want this i just i just want the fair chance mm. you know what i mean for, for like if as well if, if someone don't have the same opportunities like let's give the resources as well right to get them there to get them on the same level because every, everybody everybody has the ability to eat you know what i mean like i feel like people you know i, I kind of it's, it's stingy in a sense like man like i don't know what it is like why, what's the hardest, why can people just be fair in a sense? You know what I mean? Like, right. what's so hard right. about that? Right. Like, and again, it comes from, you know, it comes from like, maybe it comes from where you come from in a sense, like, you know, what you, what you are thought, you know, what you're thought when you were, when you're small by your parents or whoever you're around with, a lot of it comes from that. Mm. Cause you know, I don't, I don't believe, you know, someone is born, you know, racist or, or a bad person. It's, you know, it's I tough. think that comes from. Just surround them with the environment you're in, right? Right. Um, guys, can I let me let me share my view on equality. So I I personally don't think equality is what we need. Um, and Muna, this is kind of going off what you said, but it's not. Um, so so for me, I, I look at equality as sort of unfair, right? Um, the reason why I say this, uh, equality is is unfair uh, to a lot of people especially to black people um so to suggest that we want equality so this is what we are really saying is we're saying everybody's gonna get the same of everything right that's kind of like what equality is um and i think like what we have to remember why the oh, why are black people in america in the position that they're in is because someone did something bad to them for a long time so to suggest in 2020 that we want equality is unfair. I think what, I, I don't know if you guys have seen that picture of boys uh, standing on like uh, boxes, looking over a fence. Um, so for me, what I think what we need is equity. And the reason why I think we need equity is equity puts in consideration what you've been through. It's almost like coming from yeah. having, a, having a refugee come from Uganda to study here high school in America, to say that it's gonna be okay. fair, equal, to say that you want equality for a kid that's been in America, um, like when I came to this country. About a week in, I was handed a bunch of quarters, nickels and dimes, and I was told you need to tell us what this is because a child your age should know this. That was equal, mm -hmm. that was what everybody was getting, but that's not fair. So what we really need in this country is equity. We need to understand that black people have suffered for so long, are, you know, 
oppression from right, a group of right. white people. So we need to be comp- almost like compensated for that so that we can be on yeah, a fair playing ground. You know, to say that we're going to be equal is saying the government is writing out checks to everybody. It's writing out checks to people that have been rich for generations, to people that right. gain money from slavery. So, so when, when we say equality, it's not fair. What we need right. is equity. We need mm. to understand right. everyone's position. And if there are black people that are billionaires, they shouldn't be getting money just because they're black. But now the problem is equity. How do we, how do we quantify that? You know, like we can't just say every black person is going to go to college for free. But we need to find the people that are being hurt the most, people that are descendants from mm-hmm. slavery that we can track, and those people have to be given a step up. Because at some point, mm-hmm. the reason why there's so much poverty um, in black communities is when their grand- grandparents were applying for loans to buy houses, they were not accepted because they were black. So they were not able to buy a house to hand, it over, to hand over to their kids. They were not able to go to good colleges and get an education. White people were able to accumul- accumulate that wealth because when they went out to get a loan, they got the loan. When they, bought, when they went out to buy a house, they bought the house. They bought a second house. Now, four generations down, one kid owns four houses that may, maybe two houses that their parents left them. This black child is not able to do that because they did something to their parent. So equity would be saying, because we made you suffer this much, you get this leverage. You go to a bank with bad credit, as long as you have a job and you can pay it, you get a, you get a house because mm-hmm. your parents should have done this. So that's my take on equity versus equality. So that's why I, I personally say I'm not with Equality, because equality will not solve our problems that are so rooted into racism. We can't erase the past, but we have to fix it. We can't just cover it up. We can't just say, all right, now everybody is equal. But that's not fixing the problem. There is a problem, systematic racism, you know, putting black people in jails for stupid crimes, like little things, um, killing all these black people. It has to be fixed. That's my take. I don't know what you guys think. Now, I 100% agree with you. And when I meant, you know, provide resources, it's the same. That's what I meant, you know, yeah. equity in a sense. You know, provide those resources to those people who don't have it. So it can it can, it can feel like it's like it's so it can get there. You know what I mean? To get them there. Because if they, they don't have those resources and, and they can't get them, you know, how, how, how fair is that? You know what I mean? So I understand where you're coming from, what you're saying. I 100% agree with you. Mm-hmm. Anna, what do you think? I just, I feel like in the state of Massachusetts, I believe, and I, from what I've observed, people have a fair chance of getting those resources. There is abundance of programs that are accessible and in every language. And I mean, maybe I, maybe I'm just naive to think this, but it's, um, I'm, I'm no, you're pretty not. sure they're, they're all available. I mean, I was, I would, I mean, uh, just to, to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, Anna, like, from somebody, from, like, me personally, uh, people who've gotten, like, aid from Latino Health. Latino Health is, like, a, it's an organization, of, of a nonprofit organization in Boston that helps uh, Latin Americans, people of Hispanic origins who first come to this country kind of get on the, uh, from, from their perspective, just from seeing, witnessing 
firsthand, it's not equity like like Jordan was saying. There's a lot of barriers that they have to cross. There's a lot of different things that like like for instance like. Say in Massachusetts, right? There's a lot. Of, there's a there's a vast Dominican population, right? But say somebody who comes, somebody who comes from DR who comes here. Oh, trust me, you all said because you're from DR. Someone, the person who works at Latino Health is from DR. They 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 they, they speak the same dialect as you, the same slang as you. So you get it. But then say if you're if you're somebody from El Salvador who comes here, mm. there's a bit of a disconnect there. So right, it was just saying like the opportunity is there, but culturally, I'm, and I'm not Hispanic, but Culturally, from what I've observed, right. there is a bit of a disconnect there. But you're right that in Massachusetts, we've done a good job with that. We've done a good job. Yes. Yeah, for sure, guys. Let, let me put let me put George. Uh, George has been uh, trying to connect. Let's just uh, get him on the line, see what he has to say. But great, guys, great conversation. Um, and guys, if you want to call in and, and it doesn't go through, just... Um, just send me a text. I'll just call you right back. Um, it's just that I think a lot of calls have been coming in and my phone's like, all right. Typical George is not picking up. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but anyone that wants to call in, go ahead and call in. So now that we've, at least uh, we've, we've talked about this equality, um, how can we say that, you know, and I want you guys to, you know, to, Kind of share what you think about this. When it comes to like the racism problem, we can at least we can agree in this country in the U.S. Black people are the most affected. Can we uh, can we agree on that? Okay. Um, yes, there, I, I feel like part of like the hardest thing is to come out and Jr. is killing me. He's gone because um, then I have to uh, change. The, uh, the way the names appear. Um, so the issue, the issue with that is a lot of people have something to say, right? But they're in structures where they're not allowed. I'll give you an example. I, I, I follow a lot of um, like celebrities. And do you guys ever get disappointed that they're not saying a lot? Right? And I'm thinking... Yep. You're a black celebrity in this time. You have 15 million followers. What, why do you guys think is that? Because what I think, honestly, I think the structure has been created to ignore. Like Ben just said, it's easier to ignore. It's easier to ignore the problem. What do you guys think? Why are people not like talking? Why are people of power just not doing a lot? Go ahead, Hannah. Go ahead, Hannah. You know, I think that's a it's a great question. And um I mean I think sometimes there is too many hands in their own pocket. Yes. So mm. you can't expect someone um to speak on this hot topic when they in fact are still maybe getting a handout from the other side mm. and we don't we don't know how everyone's in bed with each other but at the end of the day you know they are right yeah Muna what do you think for me and and well articulated and like you said it you for me you hit it right on the head like 
the difference, okay, so Jordan, for me, like, right, the difference between Ben, who just called, who's a great, great friend of mine, I hope he's still watching this week and hear me say this, but the difference between Ben and, say, like, a Kim Kardashian or Justin Bieber or these type of influencers, Ben has shown consistency with his approach. He's very, and, and, and to answer your question, Anna, because you were asking, like, what can we do as white people to show our support? I think consistency is the biggest thing as far as your approach. If you are consistent with your message, if you are consistent with your support, with your with your way of doing things, then by all means. But like you said, there are people like Kanye. Kanye gave two million. He gave two million to each of the families. That's from his own pocket. However, Kanye is not going to go out there and speak out against uh, uh, police brutality or the police because he's going to vote for Trump because the Kardashians are good friends with Trump. Even Caitlyn Jenner, a trans woman, is still going to vote for Trump, even though Trump's policies go uh, completely against her entire movement, you know? Mm. But I think part of it is because, just like what Anna said, there are strings, there, there, there's, there's puppets, but then there's people who, who are playing the strings, mm. who are telling them, yeah, you can post, but don't you dare speak against Trump. Because if you speak against Trump, your tour next year is not going to do as well, you know, or your your book sale is not going to do as well. So I think I think Anna, you said it perfectly. You said it. Mm, so so much. What I think about that, I, I think um, I, I have a lot of theories that I believe, but I think it's a way to kind of control uh, people. Um, I think when you find that a certain group of people has most of the money, it's easier for them. To prevent to promote their genders and prevent people to go against them. Uh, one thing that I find, you know, really disappointing is the fact that when we see all these celebrities, right, when they have uh, a perfume to put out, they go crazy. They go <laughs> if they have a new sneaker coming out. They go wild if they have a new line of clothing coming out. They're so invested in that. And this is kind of going to bring me back to my question. Is the reason, and I guess the question is, why do we still have racism? Why is this still a thing? What I believe and what I think, and this is my take and you guys can tell me, I think it's going to be hard and I could say this, nearly impossible to eradicate racism. Of course, yeah. Just simply because the, the part that we just talked about, it's not just that, there's money in it. I'm going to give you guys an example. Um, I, I do this podcast, I do these videos, right? Someone reaches out to me and, and, talk, and, and tells me, listen, I like what you're doing. I want you to work with me. It just can't be about race. <laughs> right? And they give me this grand opportunity. They sign me on. And they say, you can speak whatever you want. Just don't make it about race. So what am I going to do? Right? Am I going to say, oh, you know, this one topic is the foundation of everything that I, I do in life. All these people that I can help with my influence, with my money, I'm going to abandon them. You might find that I may choose to go work with that person and just if it's a radio station or whatever and not talk about this race. And I think 
that that has been used so many times. I think money has shut up a lot of people that could have otherwise made an impact. So, Anna, since you're the only one on Muna is probably taking a little break. What no, no, sorry. I'm just, I'm just answering something real quick. I'm sorry. I'm here. Okay. All right. So what do you guys think about that? How, first of all, why, why is it so hard to fix this uh, racism problem? Two, do you guys think racism is ever going to go away? No. I mean, it's an unfortunate no, but I, to be frank, I mean, nature versus nurture, I believe it's inherently in our DNA um, to discriminate, and unfortunately. And then when you have the nurture on top of it coming from your family structure, your community, uh, maybe your religious beliefs, and of course the government, there's no escaping it. And now, looking at money, we're all controlled. Mm. We are all controlled by consumerism and by the media. And I don't foresee this. Really, I don't know. I don't. Mona, what do you I think? think? There's chance. There's a chance for change. It's just yeah. going to take a long time. I mean, if if I can if I can if I can quickly dive into like a little personal anecdote here. Uh, in my family, right, my uncle Charles, who's like my father, he raised me, and uh, my girlfriend too. They come from like my uncle Charles married a white woman. My girlfriend's father married a white woman. If I can tell you the amount of scrutiny that my aunt, my girlfriend's mom, and my uncle and my girlfriend's dad faced within their own selves, you wouldn't believe it. There were people like my girlfriend's mom. She has completely made the conscious decision that I'm not going to follow the guidelines and the, the, the expectations of my family. She completely made up her mind. I love this man. I'm going to be with this man. And no matter what my father, my mother, my sister, brothers, all these people say, I'm going to do that because I love this human being. Same thing with my uncles, with my aunt, my Aunt Beth. I hope they see this one day. She made the conscious decision within herself. I'm not going to follow what everybody else is doing. Mm. And I think with those steps, it, 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 forced, it forced their families, and it, even, even my own family too, because I know, black, you, you know Jordan too, within mm. African, African and black communities too. Don't you marry that white girl? Don't you marry oh, yeah. that wife? Oh, yeah. I think it's once we embrace and we bring in the black people as a whole and bring in this concept that there are white people that have gone against their families, have gone against that which they know, mm. all for the sake of love. Boss, that can change the complete spectrum of racism completely because what you want to do are you gonna give me are you, like my daughter marries a white woman right let's say and i have no issue with this but let's say i marries a white man am i going to throw away my child that i made because of who she loved no mm. same thing with gay marriage same thing with with with, with transgender same thing with everything you have to we have to force people to love bro and we can do it mm. we can do it i've with my own two eyes, boss. Mm. And I've seen people 
change their ways when they see a beautiful multiracial child who they call my grandson, my granddaughter, my niece, my nephew, my blood, my kid. Mm. So it can change. In my opinion, it can change. And I, I'm sorry, but I just want to say that it can change. And it can change mm-hmm. in our own selves. It can change in my family and in my network, in my community. But mm-hmm. it can change um, when I go or when you go to apply for a job in greater Boston. If you want to go to New York, if you want to go to Atlanta. And that's what I'm reflecting on is I feel like it's like a bigger change, not the change right here between us, between Massachusetts for that matter. So like, yeah, we definitely can change. And I can also change what I see and where I spend my money. Yes. Yes. So Mm. like, yeah, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'm going to invest in businesses that I believe in that follow my own morals and values. And and too, like, if I could also speak as well, like, I remember when I got out of college, I went to my, I went to, I'll, I'll call it my mother-in-law. I'm going to call it because I'm, I'm an, I know for a fact that's my mother-in-law. I'm, I went to my mother-in-law and I said, you know, mom, is it because of my name? Why can I not find a job? You know, she said to me, she said, you are great. She saw me, she said, even as a white woman who understands the systematic oppression that we deal with. She said, don't you dare not apply for no job. You continue going. You continue pushing. Because from her perspective and from my aunt's perspective, too, if my father can change, who the hell says you can't get a job? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it can happen, man. I, it, just for me, just for my own personal experience. But you are absolutely right, too. You're right, too. You're right. No, I, I see things I totally agree with both of you. Uh, one thing that I think where um, change can happen is how kids are raised. Yes. Because when you see these, when you see these little kids, you know, at the park, a black kid, when they're playing with white kids and white kids playing with black kids, they don't know. They don't. They don't know. They. Don't know. Mm-hmm. they, they see, that's my only hope. That's my only hope, is that everyone that's racist just kind of dies out, or be like, yes. a, or be like a dying, you know, generation. Of racist, of you know, dinosaur just dies out. As humans, we're always gonna have other problems. <laughs> New problems will come up, but I hope the problems are not based off someone's skin color or where they come from. Um, guys, we're just about ready to wrap it up. Um, what um, do you guys have any last words or one thing that you feel like you want to say uh, before we close this thing out? Go ahead and uh, obviously, yeah. ladies, always. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, this has been really great and enlightening for me. And I think, um, you know, more than anything, just to to listen, to open, you know, like for me, I feel like the more I can open my heart up, I can be compassionate. For me, compassion is um, kindness and wisdom and being vulnerable and to be in this space is, is I've, yeah, I feel anxious, you know, it, it is uncomfortable. And for me to grow is to be uncomfortable and, and to learn to find comfort there and find the equanimity. In there. Mona. 
Um, first of all, Jordan, man, I want to thank you so much. And I want to thank you too as well. I, I don't know if you have Facebook or social media, but I'll, I'll probably follow you on there. I'll follow everybody on here just so I can continue this wonderful connection here. My final thoughts on this is I, I pray that this, this influx that we're seeing can be driven home. And, if, and I hope people, black, white, whoever, can remain focused and remain consistent on the opinion of not just, obviously, black lives matter. That's 1,000. But let's treat everyone with respect. And like like Anna, like for you, my sister, my I call you my sister. When I see you, I see not just a white woman. I see a Latina as well. And I pray one day you can embrace that. I know you was raised in a certain like background, you know, a certain demographic. But Jordan, uh, Jordan, I know you can speak for me too. It took us some time to embrace our Africanness. At least for me, it took me some time to say, "Ha, I love the food I eat. I love the way my hair is. I love the way I, I can switch my accents if I want to. If I want to talk from from like I'm from New York, I can do that. But if I want to talk like I'm from Zimbabwe, I can do that too. Like I, you know, saying I, I hope that we as that God has given us. I pray that, you know, Latinos who fall on the spectrum, they can say, you know, I'm white, but I'm also Hispanic too. Right. I can also get down with y'all too. You know, I'm white, but I'm also black too. I can also get funky with y'all too. So once we can connect with that, then there's no, there's no sense of insecurity. There's no sense of I'm inadequate. Right. I belong to both sides. I belong well, to two certain be enough, two yeah. demographics, you know. Guys, but let me let me get Jay Mo on the line. He's dying. He's like he can't end, you can't you can't he's like he can't end this thing without me. Let me try to get him on. Um Um let's see what he has to say. But guys, thank you so much for coming. This is you know, this is definitely great. And uh Thanks. Uh, we will continue to have these kind of conversations because you know we we learned I learned a lot. Jamal, Same. you are on. How's it going, bro? Ah, uh, everything is going on good. I mean, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing, Mona? How you doing, Anna? <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> He's so amazing. <laughs> Jamal, what's happening? All right, let us know what's up. What do you think? What are you thinking? How you feeling? Oh man, I'm actually glad to hear your voices. You guys put your input, different thoughts on on this topic about race and and an inequality going on in the society today. And I feel like, me personally, I feel like um, for um, for a black man to have um, a successful, for a black man to have a successful, a successful um, story in America, first, they have to own what's called leverage. I remember when you guys talked about these people in higher forms who NBA players, uh, celebrities, they have this platform, but they cannot speak up. It's because they don't have leverage, and that's what Anna talked about earlier. And I think that was a really a vivid point. Because they don't have leverage to speak their truth, they can um, they are controlled by money, and that's one thing they put forward. And it all comes to um, this whole concept of, of American dream, where you're chasing your dreams, and it's your own dream. You don't care about how far you came. You can only give so much to where you came from, but you cannot. You can only get to a point where you cannot um, you cannot say something because you don't want to lose what you have at, the, at that point. And one thing about about racism to end, I, I think racism can possibly end only if people acknowledge the things that they have 
and the privileges that they have. See, I'm from Africa, right? But I was when I when I wrote my thesis, my thesis for uh, grad school, and when I was even applying for um for college, these are my my opening statements. I think I'm the most privileged person on the face of earth who have mm. gone through what I've experienced mm-hmm. and to be alive today. Many mm. African Americans here, they have the privilege of being born in America, but I also have the big, big the biggest privilege of being born oh. knowing my culture, knowing my people. Knowing that, mm-hmm. knowing that, having that pride of where I came from. So going through South Sudan, being born to parents from two different worlds, Uganda and, and, and South Sudan, and being going to Kenya, the refugee camp in, in Kenya, learning eight languages, that was an eye-opening. I could have died in South Sudan. I could have died there. There was a point mm-hmm. in my life when I believed in, in death. Like I, my aunt actually used to say, she cried so much that death would come and take us away because of what we were seeing in South Sudan, the war and everything going on. She actually, uh-huh. he, I used to think death was God. He used to say God is there, God is there. But I never wanted to believe it because why? Because I couldn't see the helping hand of God. I knew someone was there, but I couldn't hear. When, until when my aunt one day cried and said, Death, why are you so selfish that you take other people and they leave us here in this pain? I was eight yeah. then. I didn't even know what death was. I thought death was a God. but was kind of like some kind of Superman. So if you look at our whole life, how I live, coming to America, and I still experience what I'm going through, I'm not. When the cops look at uh, a black man, they're going to go, like, oh, he's African, he's African-American, he's in college, he's got a degree. They look at your skin. They just stop you, and they'll shock people that. And this is one thing I can tell you. I almost got shot three times by cops in the past. But because I was ignorant in some sense, I did not know my rights. I kept quiet and complied, and this is when he told me. Had I known my rights in, in, like, the way I know them right now, maybe I would have said something to defend myself. I would have took out my phone, and then maybe that would have been the end of me. Right. So I feel like it comes, anyway, it comes to um, acknowledging the privileges that we have and inviting the white people who support us in the movement. Allow them to feel it. Do not make them feel guilty. When they come on the table, you got to put your pride and experiences back and fill them in slowly. Bring them in. Now, I feel like if we get involved in that manner, I think personally that things right. will change in every community. And it has, it has to start with people speaking up, yeah, not just once, like Muna said and, and Jordan said earlier. Yeah, yeah. That's, thank you so much, bro. I appreciate that. One thing that, I, guys, I, I don't know if I'm keeping you too long, but one thing that I want to mention, what Jemo just, uh, just kind of pointed on is the privilege you know, one time I said it's really, and the reason why we need to talk, we have to talk, is because now from hearing Jamo's story, he feels privileged. He's telling you, I survived death to get here. Mm-hmm. So, guys, the way that I feel, I, it's hard for me to see why privilege. It's really hard. It doesn't mean it's not there. It's hard for me to see why privilege. Because where I come from, my own country mm-hmm. could not offer the things the United States has offered me. Exactly, yep. Where I grew up, I cannot <laughs> picture my life. And I, and I hate if this is going to offend somebody, but I couldn't picture my life being able to do the things that I do. Over there. Over there. It's not possible. So when I come to this country and I understand 
Yeah, there are some people that are going to hate who I, who I am without knowing me. Yeah, there's going to be some, uh, some you know, people that won't hire me. But if, if I can be, and how I see that as an African, if I am able to even stand up and say, this is who I am, if, for me, that's enough. If I can get a job and I can work and I can get paid fairly and I can get health care, I can buy a car, I can buy a house, I can do this. I can, I can be a mayor where i'm from to get to that level it's yeah, not it possible so for me i understand there is 110 percent. there's white privilege but like i said one time for many people that i know ugandans that moved to this country with nothing couldn't speak a word of english came out here they build a company they hire white people they hire latinos how do you explain white privilege to someone like that how do you explain yeah. that this person that i employ that yeah. that I, I literally take care of is better than me just because they're white. So yeah. it's it's kind of hard for me to understand, but I want to hear your take on that, guys. About white privilege. While I get George on the line. George, I'm going to call I, you, but just hang on. Go ahead, I Mona. The, I think the privilege comes, bro, from my perspective, because like like me as an African too, when you go back to when you go back to Africa, bro, there's no you can't keep these lights on. There's no way we can turn all these lights on and speak to each other like this. But I think the privilege and the and the unfairness comes when when you get stopped and a cop asks mm. you immediately, uh, "So what are you doing here? Where do you live?" Right. I live. Yeah, he, this white kid that I'm with, he's actually from the other side of the state. Why is it I'm the threat? So I think that's where the, the injustice comes. Because if we were back in Africa, bro, the cops are going to stop you. They're going to say, hey, get home. Before <laughs> get home. Yeah. George, I ha I, let me let me just get George on the line because uh, he wanted to say something. Well, we are we're gonna have to close this. Like, I'm getting messages. People are saying, "Don't, don't stop." George on the line. What's up? Hi, it's Angela. George's oh, it's Angela. Wife. That was a trick. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, just um, FYI, no, disclaimer: Angela is very, very energetic, and she has a lot no of views. Disclaimer. <laughs> Angela, how There's are no you? Disclaimer. Good. How are you? Good. Let's hear your view. No, I just wanted to um, elaborate on something you mentioned. Right. Um, so when it comes to concept of, when it comes to immigration, so Jordan, you mentioned something about um, when, you, when Africans come here and they build companies, there's something they call the model minority in this country. It's a concept that was created, essentially that pitted immigrant people against uh, black people in this country. True. So it's basically to say, well, if an African immigrant can come to this country and build themselves up, or if uh, an Asian person can come to this country and build themselves up and set up businesses, why can't black people do it? So that, that conversation negates the fact of the historical context mm. of what it taken the structural concepts that have taken that have built this country it's taken 450 uh years in this country for racism to become so structural for it to be in policy for it to consistently ex 
include black people. Once upon a time, black people had their own Wall Street. They had their own thriving economies. They mm. were they were burnt to the ground. They were bombed. It was government sanctions that they were bombed. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but the, the 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 reason why immigrants can come in and succeed, a uh, African immigrants that come in don't have that psychological and historical mm. oppression true, true, when true, they true. come here. Yeah, we come here ready to work. Especially we come from. Um, from less privileged conditions, so mm. you can see the mindset that we, t- we, we would take come anything. here, right? Mm. And then when you when you add onto it, there's policies in place that people don't realize the model minority policies that um, it it, ca- it comes in forms of visas, it comes in types of loans. For example, it's no accident that the people who do our nails are Vietnamese. It's no accident that. Um, the people who work at airports are going to be Ethiopians. It's not because the, the government incentivizes those people. It's no accident that a lot of Indian people are in tech. Asian people are in tech. Um, mm. You know what I mean? There's loans and policies in place in this country that encourages those kinds of people to come, that brings in those people on, like, uh, scholarships and that does not exist for black people. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, that makes and sense. And then in addition, when you when you create that as a model minority, it's that it's that thing that then starts pitting those immigrants against black people. So now it's Angela, just sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just to ask you while you continue. So then then would you agree that instead of saying we want equality, we should compensate black people for something that they did to them. So rather than say everybody will get this, we say black people that have gone through this experience should be compensated like with money, should get money and should get housing. So, what so do you think? Thing. I think? I think a lot of people mistake the correction of the things that have been historically done to black people in this country. They mistake it and group it as compensation. Mm. And if mm. you really mentally think about it, black people can never, ever be compensated for what has been done to them right. from the conception of this country. So what you said, I like what you said about equity, but also equity does not negate equality. Equality is necessary under the law to protect the equity that will be created. Right. So yeah. if you put up, if you put up like equitable justice, if you if you think of equitable economic policies, if you think all those things still need to work under the framework of equality, because then right. otherwise, even if you write a policy that's going to be like, oh, like affirmative action, affirmative action, the reason it doesn't work is because there's constantly, constantly a movement to undermine it. There's right. constant policies that are rewritten by the right to undermine it. There's, there's constant usage of the idea of, like, the model minority right. to undermine it, to say, you know, if you follow the news recently, a bunch of uh, Asian students were housed under a conservative framework. Uh, this gentleman is constantly suing the government against affirmative action under the guise of saying, well, affirmative action is discriminatory right. to 
uh, white students who get good grades. It's discriminatory to Asian students who get good grades. But if you look at what affirmative action is there, it's to create that equity you're talking about. So right. no, when I, we're thinking about how do we how do we change the situation we're in, it's not it's never going to be a check. Yeah, but it's never going to be. People like to frame that to make it seem like black people are looking for a free handout. No, we're essentially looking for the meat of our neck. We're we're looking for equitable society, equal society to allow us to thrive. Because under the, the, the current circumstances, it does not allow... The one statistic, actually, I should point out, because I know there's a lot of African immigrants listening, it takes two generations for the same racial structure, for the same racism to catch up to us. So mm. in the moment, Jordan, me, my husband, other Ugandan immigrants, we could be thriving right now. But right. our children's children will start facing the same outcomes if we stay in this country. We'll start facing the same, you know, healthcare outcomes. We'll start facing the same statistical, you know, their children, the low birth weights, you know, like the fact that black women are seven times more likely to die in childbirth. It's not because black people are defective in some way, because we know those statistics do not exist in Africa. Yeah. African women give birth to healthy babies which means there's something within this system, the racism within this system that affects black bodies. A Harvard professor calls it weathering, meaning at age 30, a black woman's body is more like she's 50 because of the stress that racism puts on the body. We don't realize it. It's unconscious. It's constant, like the stress hormone is constantly released in the body. But it is that same stress hormone that is required for labor. So, but if it, if the black woman gets pregnant but already has that stress hormone constantly because of racism, then it's going to affect. You know what I mean? It's the yeah. same idea why COVID is affecting black people more. It's right. not because black people are somehow defective, um, but it's because African Americans, black people specifically, in this country, have their bodies have faced a lot more. Right. You know, we all live the same life. The structural systems that oppress black people have an effect. So, on uh, their Angela, body. Angela. So, I think, yeah. I, I think I 110% agree with you. Definitely, everything that you said. Uh, what the reason why I pointed out the equity, it wasn't really to fix, because this is not something that anyone can fix. But it's almost like to remedy the financial consequences of. Of, of the exactly. oppression is, you know, yeah. yeah, we may not, we black people may never feel like this never happened, but with, with the finances will come power because a lot of change will come to the black communities. If we have power and, and, and power is right. finance. If you, if I go to a bank knowing that the person that's sitting in the bank is one of my own and they may not give me a loan because of my credit, but it's never going to be about that. I think that can be remedied in one shot. And what do I mean by that? This is my own thinking. I don't, I'm not an economist. But I would say mm -hmm. if we have communities where black people have been paying rent for 15 years because they can't, they're not able to buy a house, let's get them a house. One family, because if we can change one family, 
or if a father is struggling to put put together one 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 family if we can have a family of black kids being raised up with both the father and the mother if we can multiply that i think we can make a change and the other part that i want to point on is the, the is the media so they actually put out an article and this is literally how it states is black people are more likely to die of covid-19 so that's my issue with media that's not true right. black people are not more likely the, the what they want to say and they they're smarter than me so they know what they're doing they're saying black people are more <laughs> likely to die of covid-19 what the reality is what they're trying to say that more, more black people work in areas where you could get affected by covid-19 so they get right. these words and they twist them and this is what they're doing to us emotionally they keep feeding you this media you know while they take while they put aside things like you know all the good things about black people black people are healthy in uganda <laughs> ladies give birth but they self birth diy birth they go <laughs> you know they can do that i'm i'm serious right, so, we fight me, we fight all diseases but when let we me, come to this one second when we come to this country yeah. and then they put this negative like negative thing about black people we are strong you see the marathons we win marathons like crazy we, you know you see we handle things but then this country just makes us feel like you anyways angela just one so, minute we do okay. have to wrap up because i don't want us to go beyond okay. two hours right so i i hear you um so when you talk about the media we can't ignore the structure of white supremacy everything in this country works together to make things work towards one thing mm. and that is a power structure that disenfranchises one group of people and uplifts another group of people and everybody else in between like people of color whoever you are are constantly working towards upholding or emulating the top does mm. that make sense mm. oh, yeah. so that's why people go beyond just calling out racism and they call it anti-blackness that's why when you mentioned something of uh when you said that George Floyd is the first time that you kind of got awakened to no that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't country. what i said that was not what i said right 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 so that's not what you said but so I'm pointing out that most people have been awakened by this situation where True. you're kind of like, well, that was a little bit too much. Right. But the truth is black social death never should have been the norm. It never, in all of us, in all of our mindsets, that never should have been. There's no either or. There's no two sides of the conversation, especially when it comes to white supremacy and racism. It's a moral question. So it's either right or wrong. There's no other side to it. But the way the country structures itself is to say, well, what were they doing? Like, what could somebody, even if it's a, even if this person was feeling, death mm. is not the answer to that. Like, it shouldn't right. be, you know what I mean? This is why we have laws and, and innocence until proven guilty. But for some reason, when it comes to black people dying, we all rationalize. That is, that's anti-blackness. We, right. we find a way to rationalize. To, to make it okay. They must to, have been doing something. Yeah, to justify must, But then, you know, it would not be in the same state of Minnesota. A white woman was accidentally shot by a Somali cop. 
that cop is in jail. There was no conversation about it. There, there was, was no, no like, oh, yeah. there was no two-sidedism. The media fell in place. Everything fell in mm-hmm. place and justice was served. Angela, right? Angela, so, thank you so much, but I do have to cut you off. Uh, do you want to wrap up in one minute? Because we are, we are close to hitting uh, two hours. Do you want to wrap up in one minute? Uh, yeah, so I'll wrap up by saying thank you so much for, um, you know, bringing this conversation. I think this conversation is crucial, um, especially within the African community. Right. Uh, we need to constantly be um, questioning our own because, you know, you come into the country, you're ready to work, and then you realize, oh, my God, there's all these issues that you didn't know about, like you said, like, I myself did not know blackness as a construct. I did not know whiteness as a construct. I did not know racism. But then you're thrown into it, and then you don't really know where to start. So I think it's a great thing that you're holding this conversation. Thank you. And hopefully you continue. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, I'll let you go from there. (laughs) Thank you. We'll stay in touch. I appreciate your time. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Anna. Let's 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 hear your final word. Really, this time is the final word. I mean, I feel speechless. I I really feel um, naive, and I'm willing to to admit my vulnerabilities. That um, there's so much more for me to learn. There's so much more opportunity for me to to come into this space. And, um, and listen. And I think mm. that's one of the most important things that as a white person, speaking to other white people, is to listen and, um, and open yourselves up to, to this types of, um, these types of conversations and understanding. Because I think the shares and the reposts and the likes and the donations, um, it's just not enough. Right. Muna, let's get your final word while we wrap up. My final take is this, man. Um, moving forward, uh, message for for black people, whether you are African or Caribbean or African American, let's try and pay attention to consistency on the white people's part. We are asking for their help. We are asking for them to acknowledge us. We are asking them to actually see us as human beings. For those of us that show consistency with their approach, for those of us that see consistency they treat us let us bring them in because i know for a fact if jfk was alive today black people we would not be saying no we don't want you because let's be consistent with them let's 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 be consistent with ourselves if we need their help and they're willing to help and they're willing to Mm. march with us and stand with us then by all means let's bring them in but for those people who like to toe the line so to speak and i said this on my instagram today if you have a racist friend if you have someone who has said racist rhetoric in the past don't ever think you just because you friends with black people that it's going to change their mind no their mind is made up so you have to make up your mind because moving forward as a people if you are going to affiliate yourself with these type of people guess what you racist too right because i'm not i'm not going to affiliate myself with somebody who kills a dog I'm not going to affiliate myself with somebody who kills a baby or rapes women. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try and change your mind. Right. Evil is evil. Good is good. So consistently, consistency is my final point. God bless you all. I thank love you, you all. Muna. Thank you so much. Guys, Love thank you. you so much. Um, let me just wrap it up by saying 
Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Mona. Thank you, JR. You dished us. Uh, but this was a really good conversation, and uh, I'm glad we had it. Uh, we will be having more conversations on other things, but this is one that's in, in, in the appropriate time. Um, it's, it's been two hours. <laughs> bet, you know, you guys want to go. Uh, but for all the viewers, thank you so much for coming in. Um, thank you. It's, it's been amazing. So until next time, this has been it for today. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and also go to Muna's page and check out some of his music. Great artist. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Take care. God bless, man. Peace.